What's up, everybody? This is the Rep Your Story podcast. I am Brandon Rogers, and along with my co-host, Mac Kennedy, we will be interviewing athletes and content creators of all ages and talent levels, asking one very simple question and seeing where the conversation takes us. If you or someone you know has an interesting, funny, or insightful story to share, please reach out to us at contact at levelsportswear.com. That's contact at lblssportswear.com, and we'll be in touch. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. First guest on the podcast, Roy Stern. Thank you so much for being here. Um, We're happy to have you. This episode is sponsored by Level Sportswear, the Rep Your Story podcast. Um, I want to start off every episode the same and kind of get into a little bit of a conversation after that. But the first question that we always ask our guests and we're going to ask our guests in the future is, what's your story? And I'm just going to let you take it and, and roll with it however you see fit. Oh, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast honor to be the the first guest um well that's my my story you can feel on the flag behind you um i'm originally from israel um i'm 24 years old came to the u.s when i was 21 as a freshman at Miramar university started playing basketball at fifth grade um played actually both soccer and basketball but it's a lot different in the u.s um in israel you can't really play both sports a lot of people play like two sports in high school they're both on like a soccer team, like baseball team and stuff like that. But in Israel, the basketball days are on the same day as the soccer. So you got to just like choose one. There's not enough, I guess, infrastructure and to do both and like the high level as a as a youth. So I chose basketball, like the better. Um, played now on Maccabi Tel Aviv's youth team. Um, people that are familiar with European basketball, whenever you tell Maccabi, they're like, oh, yeah, like one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Won the Euro, Euro League like five times, always in the top eight. Um, very rich club, has a lot of clout in Europe. Um, so I grew up there, played there until I was 18. Um, played with some guys in the NBA, played with Danny Abdia and also with Dragon Bender. So I know a lot of people can say I played with two top 10 draft picks. Um, so I remember it was kind of bad to be honest. I know I got played, but <laughs> that's, beyond, that's beyond me. The guy's soft. But um, after I graduated from high school in Israel, there's a mandatory military service. So I had to go to the military. Fortunately for me, I was part of the under 18 national teams roster. I didn't go to a European championship, but I was part of the best like 2022, 20, I think it was, kids that were on the team. So in preparation for that, they took care of my army service. So I won't have to go into combat. Uh, unit so usually if you're healthy um, they just be like what do you want to do you want to drop off a plane get in a tank um, special ops like whatever you want to do so for me I got the option to not do it my my mom was really happy about that uh, for my dad too um, so I got to do some sort of uh, supporting role I was in the communications court the title was sergeant of communications and electronics um, which basically meant that I help run a big like a IKEA sized warehouse of electronic technological equipment in the mornings. I will come in at like 7 a.m., leave at like 2. Then I'll go to practice and keep playing. I kept playing in the third division in Israel, which is semi pro. 
Um, there's a lot of good Israeli players in that league. Um, the league, um, the first two division have foreign players, so they count as professional league. Um, the big thing why I went there is because I wanted to play. Um, I could have gone to Maccabi's like pro team and be like a poster boy, but that's not something I would, I was interested about. I would just get really bitter. I just wanted to keep playing. Um, and in the third division, you get a lot of options. Um, for a young player, if you're not marked in like six, nine and athletic, you're not going to get a shot that easily. Um, coaches are really stressed. There's a lot of pressure for like the owners of teams, so they want results right away. Not a lot of teams are willing to go forward with like a process building and like investing young Israeli players. Um, so that's the reason why a lot of good players go to the third division. So that's why I went there and played there for the two and a half years of certain military. Um, and then at first I didn't even think about going to college in the States. Um, it wasn't even something that was in my plans or my vision. I was just trying to finish out my service, like keep playing, like getting good numbers so I can get into the one of the first two divisions um, eventually. Then I had the one really good year and I was working with a sports psychologist that um, was helping me out through the past few years and talked about what, are, what should be my, my plans for the summer, where should I try and go to the second division? Uh, should I like stay in the third division and like in a better team? And he brought up the option of going to the U.S and try and get a scholarship. And he played soccer for a university in Connecticut. Um, and he said it was the best thing that ever happened to him. And I, once he said that, like a spark lit in me and I really started to go all out about it, contacted some people to help me with my eligibility for NCAA and Israeli guy that knew the, apparently there's like one person in NCAA that deals with kids from Israel that trying to get their eligibility. So unfortunately he knew that guy and he was able to help me get all the paperwork done. And I was still in the army at that time. I had like one more year um, before uh, I will finish my service. And I studied for all the like SAT exam. I had to take that and like the TOEFL, which is like English proficiency exam. Actually when I was in the army, cause that's where I had most times, usually my days were at like 11 PM because I would like, go straight to practice and I had to drive to like different cities. Kind of a hectic time, a lot of grinding time. Um, definitely time that taught me a lot. Gave me a lot of tools to handle stuff that came my way. Um, a whole story of that year is also like a big story because I got hurt and had to do surgery before coming to Marymount. But I kind of, I discovered my shoulder four times in that, like three months and had Oof. to play with a dislocated shoulder because I had to get film. We had recruited, um, updated film. And the first month of the season, I didn't really play well because I was scared for my shoulder and like just didn't really mentally adjust to being hurt. Um, but then it was like kind of a do or die uh, situation also with arranging a surgery for the arm. Because once you're, um, you're enlisted, um, you're basically the army's property so you can just go and do, you can you can go and do private surgery but it's gonna cost like a lot of money but if you want to go for like the health care you have with the military it's like a whole process and like going to doctors and getting the right documentations and paying appointments so it was also a lot of bureaucracy and i did get a date for a surgery that was 
December 2017. And I knew until December I had like, that's all the time I had to get solved. If I don't get like good enough games till then, it might not even be worth it. Because the surgeon said my recovery would be at least six months. So I was planning to be in visiting schools in the summer of 2018, which I did in the end, but I was planning to get enough time to recover and then go there and, you know, uh, show my work. And I was able to get a lot of like five or six good games in, kind of mentally switch, even just play with it. It went out, went back in. I just didn't even think about it, just kept playing. Yeah, you can see in my highlights um, that I'm wearing this kind of like shoulder strap. That was just really weird. Um, but fortunately it wasn't my left hand, so it didn't affect my shot whatsoever. Um, so I was able to do what I do best, which is shoot the ball. And I think so then, I got the good film from that. How did you how did you end up at Marymount? So after I got discharged, um, I flew to Arizona. Uh, my family lives there. My uncle lives in uh, Phoenix. And he's also a physical therapist, which is also really lucky for me and also like type of the plan that I had in mind. So I did my recovery over there and I started contacting schools. At first, the Israeli person that was helping me out uh, was trying to get some D1 interest, but I was trying to get recruited for the class of 2018. Like I started that in like late March, April. Most of like the the scholarships were already gone. So it was like really hard to secure a D1. Um, but we got some D2 offers. They got me in the East Coast. And I also used the um, software called NCSA. It's a website, Next College. Uh, what's it called? Next N College to an Athlete. Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, that was just a really cool platform because you can just contact a bunch of schools. Um, so I just worked on writing emails. I would write like 10, 15 emails a day. Got a lot of responses, especially like D3 people were really excited because I had really good grades for the SAT. And I talked to the Marymount's coach, Coach Rogers, after I emailed him and he called me and I was like, are you sure you like send the email to the right Marymount? This is, you know, in Virginia, like Loyola Marymount or Marymount in like California. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know any other Marymount. To be honest, I just saw your, I like your school logo and so you signed a deal with Under Armour so I was like that, that's pretty cool so I'm just that's enough for me an email. yeah I was all always for the gear um cool and I went on a visit um after I recovered I did PT every day and then I went on a visit with the two D2 schools one in New York and YIT um division two and one in Connecticut um southern Connecticut state coached by Scott Burrell everybody's seen the last dance to play with Michael Jordan like one year rookie guy that's all you talk about in the business to be honest kind of, <laughs> I mean kind wouldn't weird. you I would yeah I mean just kept showing me <laughs> pictures of Michael Jordan like he's on the team or something but um and they both offered me a scholarship and I promised Coach Rogers I'll go that was like my last destination and I I was kind of like should I even go it's D3 and I already got D2s and I didn't really know but I promised and also i've never been in dc so i wanted to, to come over absolutely now when i stay with um ryan albert and mel the guys man brandon and everybody else i played with them and the level that i experienced at Marymount was higher than the d2s i played with i played pick up over there with the guys and they're just better and they look like they're working harder to to be better and i i'm also from tel aviv which is a very urban city and the other two schools were like 
one was in the middle of the woods and I just couldn't see myself in the middle of the woods to be honest just a big change and um the second I could say was in uh, New Haven but it was like two turns from Yale. So you got all this beautiful Yale campus and stuff, and you got Southern Connecticut State. Not to say it's a bad looking school. They had a really nice gym, but um, my dad told me just when I was debating where to go, he said, just think about, God forbid, you get hurt again. Um, and you're just a student, like what's the place you can see yourself in? And I had a gut feeling about Marymount and I went for it. So that took me like eight minutes. <laughs> not that long that's good you're good yo so uh talking about your military experience especially well obviously in america there's very few people who play college sports who are also active in the military besides like the military academies in the school or mm-hmm. in our country when you say obviously that training and everything you went through like prepared you for different things in your life and everything but considering your athletic story how much how much did like being in the military and being that experience can you take with you to to your college athletics? Oh, I think the first thing and the most important thing is just to like appreciate it a lot more and not take it for granted. The big thing about the military is, is I mean, for me, what had the most impact is how much freedom I lost while I got enlisted. Like I had to be there every day. It wasn't like they, it's not like school when you can just like, okay, I'm, taking a cough i'm not i'm not coming today like, if you're not gonna come they're gonna come get you and put you in yeah. military jail because you can't just not come and you gotta cut your hair a certain way you gotta like shave your beard like you have to you can't really control any of that um so first of all i just appreciate all the opportunities you get like especially being a student athlete you, like you can do you can go to school and play basketball on a high level all together and just all accommodating each other it's just something that just trying to go to practice that's what the army would just be like hectic and just really hard to organize logistically and to endure it every day and like long days yeah. and stuff. so that's the first thing yeah um second thing um just also like from that like time management knowing um how to arrange my time find ways to get extra work in and do the stuff that i need to do first and then get it out of the way, which is like mostly the army stuff, like go there, make sure I get like my commander happy so I can leave even like 15 minutes early. That would be enough for me to get like extra shots before practice or stuff like that. So um, that was really good. And just, I think grit, it just, you know, all those long sure, days yeah. and that army experience, like wearing the same clothes every day, it just kind of like made me mature a lot quicker than I think I would have matured if I wasn't in the army. Like I was always in kind of a bubble in Tel Aviv, like a Northern Tel Aviv is like of a bubble of like, uh, how would I, I don't know if there's like a good comparison in the US that I want to say anybody, but I was just like a very, um, it's different than the rest of the country. So when I went to the army, I went a lot of different people that had different backgrounds than me and, and taught me how to make connections with people that are totally different than me. And that definitely helps on the basketball team, especially if you're yeah. D, if you're a D foreigner and you're coming in, you're trying to bond with guys, and you know you want them to like you and want to play with you, and you gotta find ways to connect with them. And so that also helps. Yeah. What do you? I got two questions that kind of go coincide. One, what is the biggest difference um, 
culturally from Israel to the U.S., but then also after that, what is the biggest difference from a basketball sense? Like, how do they play over there versus over here? Um, well, culturally, everybody in the U.S. are really PC and polite. Um, like everybody is courteous, <laughs> and you know, and everybody you said says hi in the U.S. Yeah, there? I mean, here around compared <laughs> to Israel, like everybody says, like every time I walk in the elevator, everybody's like having a conversation with me. Like we we know each other. Oh, okay. um, they're always like, "Have a great day." Um, People I mean, you know. everything. I mean, it's everything like on the on the surface <laughs> is very like courteous, and everybody's like nice to each other. Not, not trying to judge. Not trying to offend. Um, and Israel is totally different. It's a very small country. Like, oh, the statistic I know is like it's a fifth of Arizona. So I, am, I, don't, I don't know if that tells you anything, but it's just it's like a borough in New York City, basically. And everybody knows everybody, so it's the the first question might be how much money you're making this month. Like question that you don't will not normally ask. And like, oh yeah, I know your cousin. I went to the army with him in this unit, and just the atmosphere there is so much different. Um, you get that with players that go over there to Israel, they just tell you it's just so different because just being around that culture and everybody, how they're acting, just everybody's more open, direct. Um, there's some stuff that I, how I act is just like natural for me that I have to like a little tone down sometimes um, because of the cultural differences. Um, but I don't think it's something that you can sum up to words. It's just something you have to, experience yeah. yep. um i think i'm best for that um the second part of your question basketball wise um i think it depends on the coach's philosophy like marymount basketball is different than other schools basketball um but mostly um it's a lot faster pace because of the 24 second shot clock um usually sure. most of the teams run high pick and roll and play off that that's how and like transition often trying to get a quick look. Um, not a lot of, um, I would say, motion offense, more like quick hitters, more like playing straight for the advantages, like, um, you know, shooter plays, but all it's like really quick, at least where the coaches I play with, um, both in Maccabi and other teams I play with, um, a lot of ball screens. And when I came to the U.S., that was a lot of difference about moving the ball, um, reading screens, off the ball, not with the ball. I'm doing a lot of like off the ball screens and I'm the ball handler, um, which is also asked by the game. If you can master, you could be really good. Um, that is incorporated also in European basketball, but um, also defensive wise, the fact that you can be in the paint, you know, without three second call or something like that. And like, there's a much more awareness for like taking charges. And it's so evident if you're a player that comes in from um, somewhere else in the U.S. and you come in your first game, you just run into like three people and get three offensive fouls because like you're used to people people just trying to jump with you and not just standing there to take the charge. Um, I think that's the two biggest things that I've noticed when I came here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like this summer when I went back and I played with some of the Israeli guys I played with playing on like a first, second division, I, just, I could just tell like it's so different. Um, yeah, but again, it's all about how you bring. It's not about how the basketball is played, it's about how you bring your skills into what it is, and 
make the most out of it. Like you have your skills and you sh- if you're a really good player, you'll be able to do well, whatever system is being played. Like you'll make the right adjustment. That's yeah. the mindset yeah. I try to go into with that. Um, coming from your, your background, what would you say, like growing up playing basketball, like over here at stateside, a lot of what drives athletes over here is either getting professionally or a lot of the even quicker step would be like getting to that division one college level. Like that's a big drive and a lot of kids. So coming from the international um, route, especially how professional basketball is a little bit different. What would you say is one of the main things that really drives you as an athlete, especially like coming up as you were younger? Um, I think as I was young, is just playing for the pro team. Um, part of our like duties as the, as the youth teams, I remember when I was in seventh grade, we were the ones that would clean the, the we would like be the moppers like the EuroLeague games. So we would be on the court every Thursday, cleaning like little people's slip or something. And we'd just be hanging out around the, the team and stuff. And, you know, the, the gym is packed like 20,000 people and the fans are not, you know, there's something else in Europe. It's, especially in Tel Aviv, it's like the best fans. It's like a soccer game, but yeah. basketball is just crazy, the atmosphere. And you just want to be there. And like hear your name called out and playing, um, and to add to that, I just play for the national team. Is that always just, you know, you wanna you wanna get there, and especially in a small country like Israel, um, in knowing that you're on the national team, you're playing for your country is just. I mean, I I didn't experience that in the youth team. Um, I was really close, and I was I remember I was really excited when I was really close. Um, so that's something that definitely drove me. So what? What was it like, like you said, you had D2 offers and you were looking at some D1s. What was that moment like when you were, when you finally realized that you're going to go division three? Because I mean, all, all three of us in here played division three. So we never made, got any scholarship money to play basketball, but what was that like kind of in your head and growing up as a kid, maybe not trying to, to play scholarship basketball in the U S but trying to play basketball for money. What was that like when you finally figured out that you're going to go D3 and the main scholarship you're going to get has to be academic? Well, like, were you sad? Were you pissed off? Or was it kind of like, I mean, in terms of it? If you ask me right now, I still, I, I know I can play Division One basketball. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, in my head, I know I'm worth a D1 scholarship. I, we played some D1 schools, and there's definitely kids on those teams that, I'm a lot better than. It's all about, you know, time and situation. If I grew up in the U.S., who knows? If I started my recruiting process like a year earlier, who knows? Um, I know some Israeli guys that went to Division Ones and just like did like a few semesters and went back for whatever reasons. But it's not like it's not possible to do. Um, but and looking at what the situation I had, I was just really happy I could like get offers after all this shoulder surgery I had because I was really unsure if they're actually gonna like pull through and be able to come back and be right, really yeah. like, like even better than I, than I was before um and you know just I always feel like I come from the underdog spot you know not like every time I play basketball so I, so I come into a team and I'm always like he's the star right away so it's like I have to to build my way up from it and it happened to every team I, I've been on I've never been marked from day one it's like oh maybe except with my high school team because 
I was, that we won the national championship in high school, but um, that was just a team that from the first moment I got the confidence to be like the number one guy. Um, but every other team is always the underdog feeling. And I, I related to the Marymount underdog feeling, but um, now I think it's different. And I think I helped make a change in that mindset. Um, and also just being fortunate for the elder skills I have, you know, I, I, I was blessed with a sharper in the leg than the average guy. And if I can do well on, on that field too, and get the money from that, then, then why not? Yeah. Cool. Do you have, um, do you, what would you say you're, you're, you're talking to, all right, let me set this, let me set this standard. Say you're talking to a kid who's back home where you grew up and he's down on the court, wiping the court when the, when the professionals are sweating and you've been through this different experience because you did end up coming to America and going to a college experience from that underdog perspective. Like, what are you telling to that? What are you, what are you saying to that kid? Start reading books in English. <laughs> that's what my that's what my grandma told me when I was when I was entering high school. She was like, "Here's a book in English. Start reading in English." She didn't even know I was gonna. She just like, "I want you to have like native speaking English. That's what I want you to have." And I I actually got a lot of like social media DMs and stuff because like they see me with the the bare mouth you know gear and stuff. All the pictures I post are like, "Wow, like." This looks insane, and I want to do that. And I, it's not—it's not an easy thing to do to leave your country and go all the way across the world and try to reinvent yourself in a, you know, different country and a different society, and and not just in basketball, but in everything. Um, but I would say it's all about, you know, how much you believe in yourself, because in in the end of the day, nobody really knows. Even if I'm telling you guys how I, even if I tell how I felt in those moments, like nobody knows exactly what I went through to get to where I am, except for myself. So if you believe that you're gonna, you can do it and you commit to do it and you commit to doing what is necessary to reach that point, then you have a great chance to do it. And sometimes reality is gonna, you know, knock you down and it's something that you can't control. But I believe that I control my own luck. And if I work hard enough and I try hard enough and I believe enough that will happen. So beautiful. Beautifully said. Read, beautifully well, said. I think that's read books, think that's read great... books in English. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great way to end it. Cause uh, we're coming up on the 30 minute mark and I want to keep these a little bit shorter. So Roy Stern, Marymount university, senior point guard. Um, thank you for being shooting our first. Guard now. Oh, shooting guard. Ooh, now. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, Off the I, ball? I, I took, I took, I took your spot. Bro. <laughs> well you got you got, you got I'm, I'm the guy I'm the guy that shoots uh remember the, the game you shot 21 threes don't forget that it game. was 19 it was 19 20 shot 19 threes in one game I was hoping that we won and we won an overtime in St. Mary's against uh what's his name the guy that smoked weed all the time with Brandon <laughs> by himself smoked, shot no 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 the guy from today oh no no okay so and he made he made the one to tie it and go to overtime Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was like, dude, pass the it. pass the ball, dude. What are you doing? I was, I, was told, I was given the green light before the game. I was hoping this would never be made. Wait, public. Before the game, before the before you even board, you just came in with the green light. Did you give no. yourself the green light, or was no, it actually yeah. given to you? A, a coach who will not be named gave me the green light, <laughs> oh, and boy. I went in with that mindset. And I, every time I touched the rock, 
I was open. It was going up, baby. Love that. My goal is to shoot 22 threes in a game this year. Yo, what number do you wear? I know I wear number one. Mike Anderson. Thank you for hosting (laughs) me for Thanksgiving, my freshman year. Never forget that. American love. All right, Roy, yeah. thank you so much for being the first one on the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. And best we'll of luck. We'll see you this season. winter. We'll definitely All be right, Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, level sports win.